I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Jess Gale and this podcast is all about training your horse in a simple, uncomplicated way. We talk about the theories, techniques and common problems people come across when training their horses and we look at exercises you can use at home to improve your horse and your training. We also have a professionals episode once a month where an expert comes onto the podcast to educate us on loads of different things outside of training. We also delve into mindset and I give you practical ways to improve your mindset so you're able to train and compete your horse the way you want to. In today's episode, we are looking at our circles. Now these are in every level of dressage as well as being a fundamental part of training. We spend a lot of time on circles in our training, but how many times have you ignored the odd funny shaped circle or your horse falling in a few times or ignored your horse losing the rhythm? Circles are a part of the test where when given the time and focus in your training can be a really easy place to pick up marks, but they can also be a really easy place to lose marks when we're lazy and we forget about them in our training. Today we're going to look at the most common problems riders have with their circles and how to fix them. As usual, if you enjoy this podcast, then please do share it and tag me in it so I can see what you think of them too. On both Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Jessica Gale Dressage. And also if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love for you to leave a review. So circles come into play at every single level of dressage. We start with 20 metre circles at prelim and we progress through to our 10 and our 8 metre circles at the more advanced levels. As the circles become progressively smaller, the horse needs to be more and more balanced. They need to be able to take more weight onto their hind legs, be in self-carriage, as well as it requiring the horse to be more and more supple. 
Circles are great to incorporate into your training because they are fantastic for creating the suppleness and building strength, sit and engagement in those hind legs. We use them a lot to help us introduce the collected paces too. When training, we will spend a lot of time on circles, but a lot of the time we're too busy focusing on something else and the circles can start to become funny shapes or funny sizes. We can be less quick to pick up on our horse falling in or out on the circles and generally our accuracy can go out the window and we can just forget about actually the quality of the circle itself. So spending some time focusing on our circles and the accuracy of them will make your life so much easier when we're allowed to get back into those arenas at a competition. Circles can, when trained properly, be a really easy place to pick up marks, but it's also a really easy place to lose marks if we're lazy with them in our training. But what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the common problems people have when riding their circles. We're going to look at why the problem is there in the first place and then how to fix them. But first, what should a circle really be like? Well, firstly, no matter the size of the circle, the horse's whole body should bend around the circle. The rhythm should stay consistent and the size of the circle should remain the same. And it should be a definite circle, so no ovals or squares going on. Circles are one of those movements where there are so many things you need to get right to have a good circle. You need a good level of impulsion, a good contact, a good rhythm. You need a good level of suppleness to create the body bend you need around the circle. You need a good inside leg to outside rein connection to stop your horse falling in or out. And that's just the basics before you've even gone into hind leg engagement and self-carriage and so on. So I've come up with five really common problems people come across when riding circles and we'll work through each one and then I'll tell you how to fix them. So let me tell you them all first. So problem number one is the contact becomes inconsistent and the rhythm gets lost. Number two is that the horse slows down on the circles. Number three is that there is neck bend but no body bend. Number four is that the horse falls in or out of the circle no matter whether that's they're falling in with their shoulders or their hind end or they're falling out with their shoulders or their hind end. And number five is that the size and the shape of the circle is irregular and inconsistent. So let's start with the first one. Your horse drops off the contact and loses the rhythm. So this is a really, really common one, especially when you start introducing those smaller circles. So generally people will find this by elementary level when they start to have to ride those smaller 10 metre circles. It could be because your horse isn't balanced or strong enough yet. It could also be because you've lost the impulsion. So this happens because whilst the circle encourages the horse to sit on their hind leg, it can also encourage them to lose impulsion and slip behind the leg. So this generally happens because once we start asking the horse to sit, the horse can find that really difficult. So then to compensate for that, they slow down in the hind leg and drop behind the leg. Now, a good contact is created when the horse is in front of the leg and taking you forward. So if you lose that impulsion, it's kind of a secondary thing that you then lose the contact. The combination then of a good contact and your impulsion that's created that contact is what creates a good rhythm. Having all of this is also going to help your horse to be more balanced. And when the horse is behind the contact and behind the leg, 
that is when everything becomes really inconsistent or there's just nothing there at all. There's no contact, there's no rhythm. So how do we fix it? Start back on your bigger circles where your horse is more comfortable and everything's a bit easier and work on getting your horse in front of the leg and into a good contact on your bigger circle. So simple transitions like walk trot or trot canter or transitions within the paces like working trot to collected trot and back to working trot will work quite well. Once you feel your horse is in front of the leg and is taking you forwards, and you'll know this if when you put your leg on, you feel your horse react straight away, and you feel like you can take your leg off and your horse will keep taking you forwards, then you should find that you can push your horse into the contact more easily and the good rhythm will come from this. Once you've got this on your big circle, you can then slowly start to make the circle smaller. Now, don't immediately wing your horse round onto a small 10 metre circle because this is obviously going to interrupt the rhythm. Bring it down to a 15 metre circle and stay there for a bit. Maybe ride a couple of transitions again and make sure you've got that contact and that rhythm and then progress down onto your 10 metre circle. Again, pay attention to your horse continuing to take you forward around the circle. It's not about speed, but you should feel your horse keeps pushing forwards with their hind legs. If you find that you lose the rhythm again, start and see if you can push your horse forwards into the contact first. And if you can't, then come back onto your bigger circle again, get everything back together and then come back onto your small circle. This will help your horse to build up the correct strength and balance in these circles, as well as their impulsion. If you keep trying to kick around your smaller circle and you don't get those results, your horse is just going to learn to ride the small circles in the wrong way and we want them to learn how to do it in the right way. So that's why we use the big circle to get them going how we want and then all we're saying to them is I want you to keep doing this on the smaller circle. Now another impulsion problem is when you feel your horse slows down on the circles but you don't feel you lose the contact. So this is a horse that is generally more strong and more balanced and they're more able to hold themselves around these circles. But they're being a bit lazy with engaging and pushing with their hind legs. Generally, these will be the horses that also like to lean a little bit onto the contact. And so what you might end up doing is almost feeling like you're pulling them around the circle. Now, the good thing is that 10 metre circles really help to develop the strength, engagement and push. But this is only if they do these circles right. Focus on those hind legs really pushing and propelling your horse around the circle. You should feel like you use more leg on your 10 metre circles and in your collected work than you do when you open out those lines and ride your bigger circles and straight lines. The more your horse is sitting and pushing with their hind legs, the lighter they should come in the hand too. So you can use the contact as your judgment of how well your horse is pushing in those hind legs. If you feel the horse lifts and the shoulder and comes lighter and you feel your horse's bum go down, then you know you've got it. If you find your horse starts to get a bit stronger in the contact and you feel like they've almost dropped their shoulders and running a little bit, then you know they're not properly sat on their hind end. So we'll move away from impulsion issues now to a connection forward slash a suppleness issue. 
So when a horse shows lots of neck bend and no body bend, it's usually because the rider is using too much inside rein and not enough inside leg. So think of it as anything from the wither forwards should be controlled by the hand. Anything from the saddle back is controlled by the leg. So if you have too much neck bend, you're using too much hand. And if you haven't got enough body bend, you're not using enough leg. So the best way to fix this is to imagine riding your circles with your horse's neck straight. So everything from your horse's wither forwards is in a straight line. It's really nice to imagine almost like a box from your horse's shoulders forwards and your horse's withers, neck and ears should be kept in that square box. So you'll find that when you do this, you'll feel like you have no bend on the circle. This is where you use your leg to create this. Now, there's a really big misconception that on circles, we want neck bend. We don't. We want a whole body bend. And this isn't created from our hand. It's created from our leg. So to do this, apply just your inside leg and ask your horse to bend in the rib cage around your inside leg. And what you'll find is as you do this, the neck will bend along with it, but you won't be applying a lot of any inside rein. If this is something that you struggle with, I would massively recommend going back and listening to episode 22, which looks at the inside leg to outside rein connection. This is how we should be riding our circles, with our inside leg to create the impulsion in our bend and our outside rein to control the shoulder. Now, the next problem is slightly similar because we're looking at when our horse falls in or out. Now, this could be a straightness slash impulsion issue, or this could be that inside leg to outside rein connection issue. So there's two ways of fixing this. The best way to work out which one is going to work for you is to give them both a go, see which one gets you more results. So if it's a straightness impulsion issue, the reason will be because you don't have a good leg to hand connection. And by this, I mean your horse isn't pushing forwards with impulsion into a stable, consistent contact. Now, generally, a horse that has this leg to hand connection is straight. It's almost like your legs push your horse into a box and stop everything from falling out the back. And your contact stops the horse from falling out the front end. Again, the way to fix this is the same as any impulsion issue. Transitions are your best friend, both those simple transitions like walk trot or trot canter and transitions within the paces. So working trot to medium trot or working trot to collection trot and back. Then every time that you feel your horse stops being straight, whether that's they fall through the shoulders or the hindquarters or whatever, push your horse forwards into your contact first. By pushing forwards with both legs, it gets that leg to hand connection back. Imagine almost like you're pushing your horse back into that box. And once he's in that box, pushing forwards into that contact, he's nice and square and straight. A lot of times I see the problem that riders will feel their horse sticks their bum out to the right. And so they'll just kick with the right leg. And then the horse's hind end swings to the left and then they kick with the left leg. And the horse just ends up swinging their hind legs back and forth all the way down. Instead, think about putting both your legs on, pushing your horse into that box, pushing them forwards into that contact. Now, the other reason for a falling in or out, whether that's the shoulders or the hind end, is to do with that inside leg to outside rein connection that we spoke about.
Now, as I said, this is how all our circles should be ridden with the inside leg creating that bend and impulsion and the outside rein catching that energy and channeling it around the circle, controlling the outside shoulder and hind end in the process. Now, if you find your horse falls in, you apply more inside leg, expecting the horse to step away from the leg, bend in their rib cage and lift that inside shoulder. Now, a really good exercise for this is to ride a 12 metre circle in the middle and then use your inside leg to push your horse back out to the track. It will teach your horse to step underneath them with their inside hind leg, as well as to step away from your inside leg. Now, if you find the opposite and you feel your horse falls out, you apply more pressure with your outside rein to control that outside shoulder and hind leg. A lot of the time, this will probably be because the rider is creating too much bend in the neck with their inside rein, and they're being a bit too giving with their outside rein. So they're almost bending the horse too much to the inside and then allowing and giving free rein to that outside shoulder to just go wherever it wants. So this time we're going to do the same exercise but in reverse. Start on a big circle and slowly try to make the circle smaller. But I want you to do this as much as you can with just your outside rein. Each time you feel your horse falls out, try to imagine straightening the neck using your outside rein. If you have the right amount of inside leg and outside rein, then your horse should have a uniform bend and be balanced on that circle. Again, if you find your horse really struggles with falling in or falling out, go back to that episode 22 that I said about, as it goes into a lot more detail about this problem and there's loads more exercises in there to help you too. Now, our final problem happens when the size and shape of the circles are inconsistent. So... This might be that sometimes we have circles, sometimes we have ovals, sometimes we have diamonds, sometimes they look more like squares. Equally, you might find that sometimes you aim for a 10 metre circle and it ends up being a 15 metre circle or an 8 metre circle. You will find your horse naturally wants to either make the circle bigger or smaller. Usually on one rein they'll want to make the circle bigger and then on the other rein they'll want to make it smaller as they favour leaning on a certain shoulder or curling a certain hind end in. When it comes to accuracy though, it's all about practice. You should know and be able to anticipate what your horse will do with each circle so you're ready to fix it if or when you need to. So in a test, you should be able to start a circle thinking, I know we have a tendency to fall in on this left circle, so I'm ready with my inside leg if it's needed. A great practice to test your accuracy is to ride the snowman exercise. Now, it's not necessarily very season friendly at the moment as we're going into spring, but it's still a really good one. So start at C and I want you to ride one and a half 20 metre circles to the right. So you're going to do one 20 metre circle and end up back at C. And then you're going to go half a 20 metre circle that's going to take you to X. Now, as you get to X, you're going to do a one and a half 50 metre circles to the left. So you're going to go all the way around and end up back at X and then you're going to go all the way around again until you cross over your centre line. As you cross over that centre line, you're going to ride a 10 metre circle to the right. So you're going to alternate which way you're bending. Now what we'll end up with is the circles obviously get smaller as you go up the arena, but it's also a great exercise as a 
checks both your accuracy and is a great suppleness exercise with those changes of direction and bend. I hope I explained that right, but it's a little bit difficult to explain. So what I'll do is I'll draw it out on a diagram and send it out with the mailing list for next week. So if you want to work on the accuracy of your circles with this exercise, then head to our website. It's decomplicatingdressage.com and then just scroll to the bottom and you'll see the place that you can just put in your email there. And then you'll get these exercises sent straight to you with those diagrams. So there you have it, guys, a rundown of the most common problems riders come across and loads of different ways to fix all those problems. Circles play such a massive part of our training and in competitions. So it's really important to focus on them, particularly in terms of your accuracy. Do not let them just slowly start to become progressively less accurate in favour of you being able to get a bigger trot because it's not going to help you in a test. So if you enjoy this podcast, please do share it. You can tag me in it as well and let me know what you think on both Instagram and Facebook. It's Jessica Gale Dressage and I will see you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.